Welcome to the Molding Private Practice Show, where we help healthcare practitioners in private practice keep true to their purpose and build a life of mastery by providing the knowledge, skills, and tools to bring their dreams to life. In this episode, we talk about social media for healthcare practitioners in private practice. With an ever-increasing number of healthcare practitioners making use of social media, it is important to take note of the other benefits that social media provides. Ashes, how are you doing? Hi, Oliver. Good, thanks. And you? Good. Are we all good to go? Yeah, we're good to go. Cool. Um, so I thought uh, for this episode, we should talk about an article that you uh, wrote, which was brilliant, around social media for healthcare practitioners. Now, this has been such a taboo topic, right? and I think social media in general, um, depending on what you're using it for. Obviously, it's, it has an addictive nature at the moment. Um, and irrespective of what your personal tastes are in terms of LinkedIn and Facebook and Instagram or Pinterest, but you know, there's definitely something about social media that everyone loves. Um, what do you think? No, definitely. Um, social media is starting to play a larger and larger role in the way people interact with each other. It's so, yes, you're right. It does have an addictive nature to it, but if used correctly, it can be really beneficial from a personal or business perspective. You know, whether you're building a brand or you're trying to market up your business, social media is definitely a viable function to use. Um, if we look at the age group now really using social media, they're what's basically known as the millennial generation. So we're the last generation that knows what it's like to not have the internet and the first generation to know what it's like to have the internet and these kind of platforms available at the touch of a button. So if used correctly, it can be a really phenomenal tool to help grow your private practice and your professional networks, depending on what you're using. I definitely think it's something that practitioners should be looking into and seeing how they can utilize it to better benefit their practice and their brand name. Yeah, so, so the reason I said you wrote an amazing article is because, I mean, it's one of the few um, where you've actually taken it from a healthcare um, practitioner in private practice perspective. Can you tell me a little bit about why you did that and, and how applicable it is to healthcare practitioners in private practice? So being in the industry that we're in, I started to look at, you know, how do practitioners get referrals? You know, where do you go to ask a question from other people in the industry? Or, you know, how do you know who to send a potential patient to that might be outside of your scope of service? And I started to see a lot more interactions obviously happening on social media, but there seems to be this really nice collaborative flow of information there. So the idea to write the article was to help practitioners who were starting out with ways to try and A, get new patients in, but B, try and find and build up a referral network to help their practices grow and simultaneously the practices of people around them. So what social media does is it also opens up the ability for people to collaborate with each other and speak to each other about cases or, you know, what methodologies are being used in different practices that at the end of the day, ultimately improve the healthcare given to patients, improve that experience and start to produce that 
holistic healing experience as opposed to just you seeing patient A and you don't know who their other practitioner is. It, it really starts to just develop this working network of professionals. Um, COVID-19 also really sparked this of how are people talking to each other, you know, what you realize during this is you have access to information and you can pass this information to other people to help them or ask a question and somebody can come back and say, actually, you know, we saw this article, this seems to really be working. Um, you often see cases on Facebook groups of, I have a patient that's presenting like this. Is there a practitioner that can help? So I think if used right, you can use social media to really just generate that holistic view of how to treat your patients, build up, like I say, that really nice referral network, but also use it as an information tool for better increasing your knowledge um, and building up that brand that people begin to recognize your practice as, you know, something that people are recommending regularly or are it builds up your credibility. We're in a generation at the moment where nobody uses the yellow pages anymore. If you're going to go and find any professional, you're going to ask, you know, I'm looking for, let's say, an OT as an example. And even if you yourself asking aren't going to use anybody that's been recommended, other people are following that feed and are looking to see, okay, this person's been recommended by a nine or ten other people let me give them a try so being on social media definitely helps to generate those kind of potential clients as well as potential colleagues that you might feel okay this person's regularly being recommended or posting stuff regularly it's something that i am interested in and could be assisting to my patients so definitely think social media is really great for building that brand building those relationships getting that educational side of interesting articles that are being posted that, you know, help you in whatever field you may be in. And just that open collaboration between people, I think it's definitely moving forward into a direction where you don't always have to go back to a professor or a research book. You can ask and get the answers. And that also helps to educate potential patients with things that they could be suffering with and go, okay, but this makes sense. Let me contact person A, B, or C because they seem to know what they're talking about. So it's definitely the route a lot of practitioners are starting to use. Yeah, I liked all of the points you mentioned. And, um, you know, I do, I do want to talk a little bit, obviously, you know, we'll we'll reference the article on the, on the website, you know, in the notes. Uh, so that everyone can read it or have a look at it. But I do want to also talk about the downsides of this. And, and you know, before I do that, just maybe talk about, um, you know, some of the items that you mentioned and look at it from a personal experience. So I'm probably not the, you know, the, the, the most avid social network, you know, like user, but definitely have a presence on lots of them with preferences to some of them, which would be, you know, LinkedIn, Facebook, and, and Instagram. And and maybe a little bit of Twitter, but not as much. And and part of that comes from you know maybe not knowing, you know how to use it as effectively. In on LinkedIn, I mean, I think I've got the strategy and you know how how to do that really well. Um, but we can 
or I can obviously optimize that, you know, in terms of how we use it and, and putting the word, you know, putting our messaging out a lot better. But what I do find is, I mean, my, my view on the social media part, and I think this will probably resonate with, with our market, which would be healthcare practitioners in private practice, which would be to keep it real. And that's what I find is, you know, and, and, and the one that I see, you know, the most real in terms of this is, is probably Facebook. You know, like we fortunately enough to be in, you know, many of the, of the groups where our clients are. And I find that the interaction there seems to be very real as if, you know, as if it was the person in the room, you know, as if the other person was actually getting a referral. And for me, that, that kind of makes sense. You know, it, it is like social media just amplifies this, this ability that you have to reach a lot more people, to have people at your disposal in terms of just sending out, you know, an instant message, you know, on Facebook or, or you know, using the messenger on Facebook to be able to send a message or, or sending a message on LinkedIn, you know, obviously if they're a first level connection. Um, but that's like amazing, you know, because you, you know, and, and building those relationships. And uh, so that's definitely what I see um, from a business point of view. I mean, we've seen so much of, of clients come through because they've, you know, they've, they've been referred by someone that spoke about us, you know, from a, from a Facebook group or somewhere on social media. So it's a difficult one to track, but I definitely know it works. And, and maybe the other principle around this would be around social proof. You know, people want, like you mentioned, yellow pages. You know, yellow pages is just a listing. It doesn't tell you anything about whether this is a good business or a bad business. You know, what are the downsides? What are the, you know, positives of working with that? And I think when someone says, you know, um, can you recommend a physiotherapist in, in, in Ravonia and another practitioner that you know, like, and trust then says, actually, you do need to, to see Susan. Um, and I think it's almost like, okay, that's, that's a done deal. So that, that's the other thing I find, you know, with social media, which is a very powerful aspect of it. Um, but you know, that's, that's kind of what we see from a, from a day to day and even from a personal experience kind of point of view. Um, and if we kind of move on, is there any downsides that you see to this? Uh, I don't think, you know, in the article, we spent as much time on that, but uh, from a reflective point of view and also from from a personal point of view, can you see any downsides with the use of social media for healthcare practitioners in private practice? Look, I think social media, like anything, does carry its own negatives and downsides. Um, one of the biggest things is, is that obviously if somebody has found you on social media depending on if you've got the correct privacy settings, you know, if you've posted something inflammatory or potentially offensive, those do then tend to reflect back on you. A lot of our personal lives are now out there in the open, in the world for people to see. So that can, if you're not careful about what you're posting or what you're liking and what you're sharing, it can very, very definitely have a negative impact on your business because your business is based on you. And as human beings, we make decisions based on whether we like a person. So where social media is great, it carries that same perspective. If you go back, if you look at the 70s and the 80s, you know, referrals came from word of mouth. So if somebody said, you know, mm, I don't really trust John, you know, he was 
fall down drunk last weekend at the local club, that kind of puts a dampener on whether you're actually going to trust John as your child's pediatrician. So same thing with social media. I mean, if you're posting up images of your latest party out there and it really looks wild and raucous, this is going to affect the way a potential client could view you and go, you know, I don't know if I really trust a therapist that's out at, you know, I don't know, lollipop lounge on a Thursday night. So you do have to be very careful about what you're posting and how you're posting. I think the other thing you have to be aware of is fake news. You know, if you are going to be posting up something or an article, just check, you know, have you done the research? Is this accurate? Because the last thing you want to be known as is somebody who's posting up inaccurate information either. So there are downsides. You have to be very, very intentional with what you are using on your social platforms because, again, people buy into people and if they don't like what they see in your personal perspective, they're not going to trust you from a business perspective. Yeah, I agree again with all of those points that you mentioned. And, you know, if I just had to add um, and say, just keep it real. You know, unfortunately, what social media has done is it's made almost everyone a celebrity and what level of celebrity you want to play is, you know, up to you. And some of these social media platforms obviously have the privacy settings and you can kind of turn them on and, you know, like uh, as you as you need to. But for the large part, you know, I would say, and, and I'm not going to reference all of the bad examples, but, you know, there's tons of them that you can find, you know, where people have gotten to, you know, not just trouble, not just bad reputation, but, but where there's serious you know, personal and financial, compli- you know, implications around that in terms of losing their jobs or, or being, you know, uh, sued and, and stuff like that. So I think just keep it real. And also, you know, if, you, if you're in doubt, just don't post it. It has to be positive. It has to give people a glimpse of maybe who you are, but, but not too much. Um, that would yeah. just be, I mean, that's the principle I follow. Um, and, you know, from a business point of view, is obviously putting out stuff that is, you know, that is true, that has been, as you said, you know, non-fake news. So, so some things that have been referenced um, and, and just keeping it, keeping it real so that, I mean, if someone even in your family had to look at this, you know, would they be proud of seeing that? And I think that's, you know, if a potential client is looking at that, would they be okay with, with, with that happening? Or, or would they be okay with seeing that post from you or, or that message from you? And I think if, if you do want to use it from a business point of view, that's, that's definitely what you should do. Um, if you want to use it from a personal fun, point of view and not have anyone looking at it, I would definitely investigate all of the privacy protection that each one of the social media platforms holds and obviously keep, keep a good eye on who's, you know, who's in your network or who's in your social, social media circle because I think that's important. But we live in a day and age where you leave this digital trail you know, behind you. And it's pretty easy, you know, to find information on almost anyone, you know, as long as you have the inclination to doing that because of that digital digital trail. Definitely. I agree with everything you said there, but I think the most poignant thing you said there is keep an eye on who is in your network. If you've got somebody who's in your network who may be is putting out stuff that you don't resonate with. Maybe look at how you get them out of that network because it does reflect back on you. 
Mm. I, I like that point because it, that came up a few times actually, and it, it may, might be that people don't actually know this. But um, so the way lots of them works, and, and I'm, I'm specifically talking about Facebook now, is that if you go and like something, it automatically, you know, Facebook is smart enough that what they do is they actually put it in your feed. Now, that seems quite innocuous and it seems quite innocent. But what that almost does is as soon as you click that like button, you are endorsing that that page or that person or, or whatever that message is. And if you think about that, that is quite powerful because, I mean, I mean, if you think about it and, and you know, you're liking the wrong page, you know, like obviously because it's your, it's your private life and whatever it is. So I think whoever you put on that, uh, you know, whichever page or, or, or message you like, um, that, that comes up on your feed. And, you know, whether you know it or not, um, it's that endorsement that's a problem. And, you know, you, you, you definitely don't want, you know, you endorsing, or, or being seen to endorse something that's that's in conflict with probably what you want to say, and unfortunately, uh, you know, and that's why I say you have to you have to go and research each one of the social media networks to make sure that that stuff is not automatically done. But I definitely know from a Facebook point of view, from a personal point of view, I do know that whoever you know you like does come up on your feed, and um, and I think it does the same on LinkedIn as well. If I um, you know if I remember right. Yeah, it does. So if you like anything on LinkedIn or Facebook, it does pop up on your feed, which means everyone in your network can see it. Um, that's the same thing, like I say, with what, just monitoring that network. If there is somebody that's a little bit unsavory or that there may be a scandal around, rather just remove them from your network so that their actions don't implicate you. Humans make connections with people, and if they associate you with something negative, it's really difficult to change that opinion. So keep it clean, keep it real, and use it as best you can to benefit your business and your practice, but be very aware of what you're doing because it does have lasting implications, and there is a digital footprint. Um, 50 years from now, people are still going to be able to see what you were doing on Facebook in 2006. So just be aware of those when you are looking at what you are posting. Make sure as well that if you're posting up images that they're not licensed images. So be aware of what you're doing, but you can use it as a very powerful tool to help. I think to close it up uh, on our side, maybe just discuss a little bit about how we're using it uh, from a company point of view, and maybe that'll give some ideas or, or steer, you know, our potential clients in a certain direction. But um, so the way we use it, or and and definitely stepping up uh, from a um, you know from an effort point of view, would be that as you write articles, which is on your you know blog and your website you post those onto your social media networks. And those, if you have connections, obviously, you know, within our company, you know, the team, as soon as someone likes that, that appears now on their feed without really saying too much. And I think, you know, so if you get that, I mean, it's a multi, multi you know, it's a multi-prong approach. Firstly, you have a really good, you know, content piece that you've put up that's been written according to the SEO rules and, and you know it's, it provides value to your target market or your patients. And then you kind of, you know, put that onto your social media and you, you know, you're basically saying, you know, here's an article I wrote and if this, 
you know, if you like this, you know, please, um, you know, read it on this blog and you kind of, you know, get, you know, you, you put a link there to the, to the blog post article. And then if you have other people, you'll find this naturally being done, but obviously we a lot more intentional about it than as our team kind of likes that, or as your patients and your connections like that, that will then appear on, on their feed, which will then, you know, hopefully get responses from whoever's on their connection list. So that's a really good way of, of kind of tying all of the elements of building a marketing strategy together. And it's, it's stuff what I've, you know, it's stuff that I find across lots of the big brands and lots of the, you know, the, the, the entrepreneurs that we follow in terms of how they do it. Um, and then also to say um, there's a lot of focus on video and there's a lot of focus on audio. And so, so with that, uh, you know, your, your main networks, but we didn't discuss the one, which is YouTube. So YouTube, Facebook, and LinkedIn, you know, really love uh, video content. So like we're going to do with this, I mean, you, you'll have video content that you can kind of put out on the, onto the social media networks, and that will help, again, from the know, like, and trust, and just getting that, that awareness out a lot better. Very much so. Um, the other thing you do need to make sure of is that you are putting out relevant content. So one of the strategies that we've been using is it's not just about putting a post up every day or every week. It's about putting something relevant up, something that is useful to either a colleague or a potential client, but that has value to it. You don't just want to be putting posting for the sake of posting. So when you are doing a post, make sure that you're using a relevant article or that the post resonates with what is happening around. So if it's OT week, you put up a post about OT week, but if you're writing an article about athlete's foot as an example, then make sure that it's being used and it's helpful content to either a colleague or a potential client. And that will definitely help to grow those networks as well. Okay. So closing it off, I did, uh, did, you know, based on the discussion, uh, uh, I had two points that I probably want to just discuss. Uh, one covers the whole, I know this is not an episode on data, data protection or, or privacy or anything like that, but it kind of goes with what you said, Chaz, is that just remember that data is almost never removed. You might think that you've removed something, but it's still sitting on Facebook server and can be, you know, hopefully not, but it can still be retrieved. So just bear that in mind. I think when most people realize that it's, it's, a, it's a shock. And the second point to this is, you know, what we talked about in terms of the story brand is know who you want to go, uh, well, not go after, but who you're targeting. So, you know, for us, that's healthcare practitioners in private practice. Hopefully they find the content good. Hopefully they find it relevant. Uh, they know they like it. They trust it. Um, and uh, we can build those type of relationships over time. But know who that ideal target, ideal client would be for you. And if you're creating content and you're putting that out on social media, you know, your, your private practice would naturally uh, grow and expand and, and get all of the things that you want out of it. But if, it, if you're not intentional about, firstly, which so, social media platforms, you know, you want, you know, you should be on or you want to be on and where your clients are on and what content you're putting out in front of them, you know, it's not going to be intentional and you're probably not going to get the results that you want.
So from a business point of view, I would just say be intentional about it. I mean, it goes without saying, I mean, don't be on the social media network or you know, social media platform where your clients are not. So, you know, as much as I, lo- you know, I love Pinterest, I'm, I'm just using this as an example, you know, but as much as I love it, you know, like if none of our clients are on there, you know, it doesn't make sense for us to be putting out content there as much as we, you know, would like to. So, and that's more from a business point of view. Again, from a personal point of view, that's, I mean, completely up to you. But keeping all of the rules that we, or guidelines that we mentioned already. Thanks, Jess. So I think, sorry, I think that's, that kind of covers it. Is there anything else that, uh, I mean, from your article, um, is there anything else that you, you think we missed and we need to cover? No, I think we covered all the main points from the article. I think we also definitely covered the, you know, the risks and just that being careful and intentional. I think we've pretty much covered the basics on using social media. So, you know, do a little bit more research if you need to when you are looking at posting stuff and you should be okay. Okay, that sounds amazing. Um, So, yeah, let's call it a wrap with this and I'll see you at the next episode. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. As always, stay tuned and we'll speak to you in the next episode.